Hey guys, uh, sorry for the audio issues on this podcast. Unfortunately, um, the recording that we used didn't always record my voice for whatever reason. And yes, so there might be the occasional problem with the audio on this one. Anyway, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Sinch-Penninger and I am very lucky today to be joined by Carly Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> it's always good to um, be in Adelaide for the Tour Down Under week. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited with the week coming up. Of course. Uh, Carly, your new team, LA Cipollini, um, you're riding around for this year. Um, got a nice new bright kit You'll be hard to miss in the peloton there. Yeah, t- to be honest, like I've been really impressed with them. Um, like... Being in an Italian team and having your Australian nationals so early in January, um, it's really hard for sometimes teams to have all the equipment ready. Um, but yeah, before January 1st, um, I already had all my equipment and um, all my thermal jackets, which obviously I don't need, but um, I had everything. And um, they've been really professional and organised and also to be sending a team here for the Tour Down Under in Cadell's um, it's pretty awesome and um, for us Australians, Chloe Hosking and myself on the team, um, it's pretty big for us and um, we really appreciate them taking the effort to come down here for us really because, um, yeah, the Tour Down Under and Australian races for Australians um, do mean a lot um, and, yeah, we get to race in our hometown which really is, um, doesn't happen that often. Yeah, there's quite a few decent teams um, coming out for the race, but we'll get to that a bit later. And um, for the moment, we'll just do a quick wrap of the Nationals. So we'll go to a quick break and come back with that. We're talking Nationals. Um, Carly, you didn't get there. You didn't get there till quite late in the piece, actually. Um, I think I saw you on the Saturday. Was the, was the first time you were there, was it? Uh, yeah, I arrived on um, actually Thursday night and so I was there two days before the race. But for me this year, the focus was just the road race um, and I wanted to kind of stay relaxed um, and kind of just stay yeah, stay at home for a little bit longer to maximise my preparation um, for the road race. So I did camp, come later in the week. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of meant that... Um, I was, I didn't overthink it and I wasn't staying at race accommodation. So I got to just chill at home and um, do everything right leading into the road race. And yeah, I I wasn't too nervous. Um, and I think it really worked. Um, you're not having to listen to everyone talking about who's going good and all the tactics. And um, it meant I stayed relaxed and um, focused. So um, yeah, I think... It was a bit different lead up um, this year leading internationals. I stayed in Europe actually a lot longer and only got back to Australia at the start of December. But um, yeah, I think actually the lead up to it um, was almost perfect. I got a little bit sick in December, but apart from that, um, I was coming into nationals um, with a good training block. So I really did want to have a good race. And um, yeah, to be honest, I was actually happy with how, how I raced. Green Edge and Katrin and Spratty were really strong on the day and, um, yeah, they deserved um, to be up the road like they were. 
Okay, and we are into the review of the Nationals, and we'll go through a few of the results. First of all, the Criterium. Um, it was Jessica Allen with an impressive solo win uh, from Kendall Hodges, who is, of course, riding with Colavita Bianchi in America next well, this year, rather. And Shannon Mousy got up there for her third um, from Holden Women's Cycling, and she had a very good um, Nationals, actually. Um, Alex Manley won the under-23 event, and she actually did a clean sweep of the under-23 categories. She won the crit, the time trial, and the road race. Um, Carly, Alex Manley, we don't see too much of her in Australia. Um, what's it like racing with her overseas? Um, I think, you know, a lot of the younger ones, um, it's hard for them to do both track and road. And so she uh, she doesn't ride as much road, but it's because uh, she has been doing a fair bit of track. Um, so I think, like, in the next couple of years, she'll probably develop and start doing more and more uh, of the um, European season in, on the road. And uh, just, uh, yeah, the last couple of years, it's been more track because she has been younger and getting the opportunities to do World Cups and stuff has been more um more her goal uh but yeah she actually did ride um quite strong and um i think now there might be opportunities more for her to be on the road a lot more so it'll be good to see her develop uh she's really like she's a tough trainer and when like coming from south australia herself as well um we are kind of a tight-knit community and a lot of us have trained together in numerous bunches and the sassy bunches and um, she's one of the young ones that always does train hard, and I think that she does have a bright future. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be um, interesting to see her progress over the next couple of years, but I definitely think she's going to be one to look in the future. So, uh, yeah, it was um, good to see her do so well on the weekend. I, I, will, I will say that the under-23 field was quite sparse. I mean, um, there, there aren't... Yeah. There aren't exactly many um, young female riders coming up at the moment. There's there's Madeline Fasnacht, who's very good, um, and she's coming up through the ranks, but she wasn't there at the National. I'm not entirely sure why that was. And uh, Ainsley Backer was another one who has been out of the out of the uh, limelight for a while now. Um, she had that nasty crash, actually, at last year's um, Women's TDU. So... Yeah, a bit a bit light on, but um... yeah, there was only four in the road race actually, and um, it is sad to see. I mean, like back when um I was in under twenty three, it was always like the under twenty threes were in the winning breaks as well and really making the race. And um, I think there's been such a big um massive development and so many up and comers coming through and at the moment maybe it's a little bit scarce but um hopefully yeah i'm sure that there is a lot of young ones up there coming through and uh yeah maybe having a different course next year for the nationals might um be more of an enticement to see them out there yeah i think some of them um, wouldn't show up if they thought they were just going to get kicked out the um kicked out the rear end of the peloton immediately with the yeah, and Bunning Yong's it's a hard circuit, um, and he'll start straight away. So I think those that maybe are more of a sprinter or um, have, like, track as more of their focus don't really want to come out. Um, but, yeah, like, I guess it's been there for a number of years now, and we don't know what the course is going to be next year, if it's even going to be in Ballarat. But, uh, yeah, it might be a bit different next year. 
Yeah, well, certainly there's a lot of discussion and speculation on the subject. Um, in the Elites uh, TT, it was Kat Garfield uh, by a huge margin, a minute and 55 to Shara Gillow, and then three minutes 14 to Kate Perry um, as well. It's, yeah, it's it's getting to the point where Kat Garfield turns up, she, she wins essentially no matter what form she's on because she said she wasn't on, you know, top form um, at the championships, though... <laughs> you're surprised to hear that i feel like she was on pretty good form i know that after worlds she actually was um probably one of them the only one that didn't have a break after the world championships out of um the rest of the team that went there for australia so um yeah she was on you don't win a national championship by two minutes in a time trial if your form's not somewhat reasonable i think and uh yeah, she was just, um, she was really strong last week and it was impressive. Uh, she did a lot of work earlier in the race, even setting up um, for the breakaway. So for her to be using energy then and also being able to finish it off the way she did um, and win the sprint too, like, um, yeah, she deserved it and she rode well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she's um we cope in the spring classics after not really having a break, but um, she's a classy bike rider and um, it's good to see her going so good. And I'm sure she's going to be going really well in um, the tour down under in Cadell's. So um, capitalizing, she's got some pretty high confidence I'll suggest now. So she's um, going to be one to watch next week for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, on, on Kat Carfoot, um, yeah, she, she might be tired if she goes directly into that, um, spring classics campaign but then again maybe she um does what amanda spread is planning to do and taking a little break off so she can come back and concentrate on the on the Giro later in the year which she said she was keen to have a crack at for gc and you know why not i mean she's clearly got amazing power at the moment uh, she'll dominate that time trial and if she can go up the um, hills in any sort of reasonable fashion she should be right up there yeah yeah that's true. So I guess, yeah, the Giro is in July. So um, if she has, if she's not really having a heavy spring classics campaign, then um, that's ideal um, because I think actually she's going really strong at the moment. So she's going to be going really good in this next uh, racing block with the tour down under and Cadell's. Um, and then I don't know if she's doing Oceana's or not, but um when you haven't had a break at the end of the season last year, it's pretty hard to keep on racing and keep training full gas all the way through a whole season. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that she's going to be, um, she's smart and she's going to be kind of like going, trying to go back it down at some point and then come up for the Giro and I'm sure she will. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, moving on to the road race now. Cat Garfoot obviously won. We've covered covered that. Um, Amanda Spratt, obviously in incredible form at the moment as well. Um, she was she was second there. Um, if you were Amanda Spratt, Carly, would you have um, said said to Cat Garfoot, yeah, let's go for the sprint? Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, like Amanda Spratt's won the championship twice before and she's away with a teammate who's never won it. So, um it kind of looked like as if they did sprint it out for the win. Uh, and Spratty having, like, she can sprint as well. But it actually, like, um, yeah, I don't actually know what I would have done because they're, what, it could have been, it could have gone one way or the other. Uh, but for me, I 
Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know. But I think, um, yeah, how they went about it, I guess, was the fair way. And um, it's kind of, I'm glad that um, Katrin won in a way because she's never won it before. And, and I think an Australian championship and wearing that jersey is something that we all um, dream about because it comes with such pride and it's really a prestigious jersey to have in the peloton. Um and Amanda Spratt's been able to do that for two for um, two years before, and yeah, I think Katrin is a big thing for her. So um, yeah, it's nice to see someone different wearing it that's never worn it before. Um, so yeah. Um, well, you were hoping it was going to be you, no doubt. Of course, <laughs> I think though. Yeah. Um, for me, I was still happy with the race, but when that move went, I just, um, yeah, I missed it and then I couldn't quite get across to it. And yeah, that was kind of, I spent the rest of the day almost trying to chase and or come across to maybe go for the bronze medal. But um, I was in a group of, there was me and four others uh, trying to chase Lucy, who was in third, uh, but it kind of wasn't a organised chase and I think the girls were a bit tired and um, they weren't willing to roll through but when there was attack they were able to either be attacking or being the ones to bridge so it made our chase pretty disorganised actually and a bit frustrating and so I started to then try to get across myself um, but I was also marked by um, Janelle, who was a green edge rider that had been in the early breakaway. And it just meant that we ended up sprinting for fourth um, and not trying to go for a bronze medal. But um, yeah, my sprinting prowess isn't what I'm knowing, known for. So yeah, I ended up getting eighth. And um, yeah, like I think how I felt and the sensations in my legs um, was really positive and a thing that I took away from it uh, leading into the tour down under and Cadell's. So I'm looking forward to now having a whole team here as well. And um, a lot of us onesies that were at nationals and now going to have teams for the tour down under. So it's not going to, I think it's going to be a really aggressive race and a bit different to how nationals usually plays out with having so much uh, green edge riders in the, in the peloton. Yeah, it was it was it was an odd race, and actually, if you watch the the women's race coverage, you would have got a very bad idea of um, how the race actually played out. Because by the time they switched to live coverage, um, it was already Garfoot and Spratt off the front with Kennedy in third, and the rest of you guys um, in that in that group behind uh, chasing on. So, in fact, all the action really began before that on about the fifth lap, I think, where Orica really stretched it out on that climb, and and the move went away. What was the what was the pace like in the peloton at that stage? I mean, were you feeling, could you feel that something was about to happen and it was about to all split to pieces or was there not too much warning? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, actually, like it started being um, like things started happening almost like from the second lap when the early breakaway got up the road. And um, a lot of us that didn't really have teammates, we wanted it, the peloton to go as slow as they could because in what we were thinking is if the break got too much time up the road, then we, then Green Edge had to play their cards earlier. And the earlier they had to play their cards, the less they had at the end, which was like what we were trying, like what we were thinking anyway. Um, and then so lap four, um, 
capture and went to the front and um, sat a good pace up the whole way up the climb. And um, when we got to the top, um, I was told, like, I looked back and it actually had split a fair bit. And that's when I kind of knew that um, I felt good to, that day because I thought that it was like fast, but not too hard. And it was already only 10 of us left. And it came back together that lap. And then the next lap, um, yeah, Green Edge set it up from the bottom again. But this time, Sarah Roy and um, Jess Allen uh, set, uh, set the pace at the bottom of the climb. And then um, Katrin took over. And by the time we were turning left off of the highway, um, there was only seven of us left. And that's when, um, like, we kind of started working because, like, yeah, that was uh, the move. And we, uh, that lap ended up, the seven of us caught the three in the breakaway. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of like it did start quite early. And for me, having a race earlier, like, raced hard, uh, it suited me. Um, and yeah, just kind of, I guess, when Katrin went and Lucy and Spratty got across and then Spratty counted attack, that was the move. And normally it's not done so early. And, um, yeah, I guess I just got a bit caught out, but that was my own fault. And, like, yeah, they were they were quite strong. And, obviously, I wasn't strong enough to get across after that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> they were riding yeah, strong. Yeah, it's just the way things played out. Um, yeah. I don't know. Have you seen much of Lucy Kennedy in the past? I think um, you might have raced Yeah, her I raced already. against her in the Tour of Bright yeah. last of year. Bright. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I know that she's a strong climber and um, also to be away that long, basically solo, because the lap she was with Katrin, uh, Katrin just sat on her. And then Katrin attacked her and bridged across to Spratty and left her solo. And we could see her for quite a while. Um, she was only 20 seconds in front of us for numerous laps and um, we will kind of come close to her and then our small group would stop working and then it would uh, spread out. But yeah, like kudos to her. She, um, she rode strong and she deserved that third that she got. I think um, it was a pretty gutsy ride and pretty impressive. And um, yeah, a medal at the national championships is um pretty amazing results still so she I think would be happy with her ride and um, I think it's definitely put her name out there a lot yeah I mean and if she can show herself well here I mean it could be I mean it's almost definitely that she's already caught the attention of the big European teams but um, it could be that you know that she's off to either Europe or US maybe engine for it yeah, I think like a lot of the European teams are probably full now considering it's January already. Um, but yeah, I think like um, for this year, having a, uh, having a stint overseas um, is very possible. So um, yeah, wish her good luck and um, I guess we'll see how it goes in the next coming races. Okay, I think that's just about enough of discussing nationals and we shall come back with the women's tour down under. Okay, and we are back. We're discussing stages one to four of the Tour Down Under, and we'll start with the 106.5 kilometre stage from Harndorf to Meadows. Carly, um, you're the local. You've got all the inside knowledge. Um, what's the what's the um, place where this race is going to be won? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm the local that goes to Green Hill every day. So, <laughs> um, but no, I think actually the hardest stage on paper is um, stage one. Um, I think that's the one that it's got the climb in the most dangerous place, which uh, the climb ends only three kilometres um, from the finish. And um, that's the stage, it's the hardest. Um, it's undulating a bit like from the start at Harndorf to Meadows. And then there's a bit of a flat section, but it's normally a bit windy. And then um, you end with a climb. Uh, it's, it ends with more climbing, like towards the end. And then there is a there is a quite um, tough little climb at the finish. And I think that one for me is probably going to be the GC day. Um, that's the day where I think it was split up the most. And um, I think the the hill climbers of the peloton will probably be trying to um, take advantage of um, the climb being so close to the end. Um, I know that maybe or maybe not, this is one that I'm really looking at. <laughs> so yeah, I think that um, stage one is gonna be hard. It's the longest, it's the longest road races, road stage as well. Um, and yeah, that's where you're gonna be seeing, I think um, some very aggressive riding from a lot of teams from the start. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting little profile there. Um, it looks like it, um, there's a bit of a false flat from 15Ks to go. And then that leads into the Paris Creek road climb there, which is what, 700 meters at about uh, 10 or 11% there. And then there's a little uh, drop down and then a kick up again. Um, what, what's, uh, how, how difficult is that? And will it, will it um, drop? Well, is it, is it the place where like the pure climbers can actually get away from those who are, um, yeah, I'm actually like, I'm going over, re-going over it again tomorrow because that area is not one that, um, a lot of the bunch rides go through. Um, so it's not like a climb that I can actively remember really well in the back of my head. Um, but I know that the organizers have purposely put this climb in to make, um, it potentially not a bunch finish. So, um, I think the climb is going to have is going to be a really good launching pad for the hill climbers to try to um, yeah, make their mark on the women's tour down under and kind of also being the first stage, you not only win the stage, but you get in the leader's jersey, which is pretty big. So um, yeah, I think like a lot of the hill climbers will be going on that. And um, I'm hoping that it's a hard enough climb to um, really split it up. Um, I'm riding over it tomorrow, like I said, so maybe I could give you more information then, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm hoping it's a hard one. Well, we'll rush through with these next few stages then. Um, well, the next stage at least is 32.2 Ks and it's flat. It's around, um, I don't even know what that part's called there in the, in the kind of east side of the CBD there, but it's, it's, um, yeah, flat, not particularly technical. Um, though last year it did actually break up a bit uh, in that final lap there. I think there was a crash which um, uh. split up the field a bit and it ended up with Annette Edmondson winning from Chloe Hosking and Lizzie Williams in third. Yeah, it's a pretty free-flowing crit circuit. There's not really any um, major corners, but uh, the crowd's always awesome on that day. So, um Actually, that's probably, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but that's probably the stage I'm looking forward to really because um, that's the stage I know all my family and friends are also going to be coming out and watching. So 
um, it's, always, it's always special to race in your hometown and this is the only race really I get to do throughout the whole year in my hometown. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Sunday and uh, pity I can't really put on a show with my sprinting. But, um, yeah, it's going to be nice to kind of see, like, have family and friends there watching and um, it's going to be one for the sprinters, I think, and uh, having Chloe Hosking on the team. Uh, she did such an awesome lead out for Nettie last year and still got second herself. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, she's focusing the sprint stages for this week and um, she had a really good season last year. I think probably, like, I would say it was one of her best seasons. So um, I'm sure that her form will be, like, right up there. But you also have Wild coming over and um, Goodette. So and there's Tiffany Cromwell too, who um, her sprint's been going quite well these last couple of years as well. So, um, yeah, there's um, a lot of sprinters in the peloton here that um, I'm sure will want to start the the season off with a win. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fast race and ultimately a bunch sprint. Yeah, um, there's a few yeah a few other sprinters as you mentioned. There's, of course, the Australian um, who was over in the states, but she's coming back to Australia next year to race with Holden. Uh, though in this race she's racing with Total Rush. Um, who else? Rebecca Wise she can hold her own sprint. Uh, Tiff Cromwell, um, Barbara Guarishi as well. So yeah, as you said, plenty of names there who can. Um, run a drum in the sprint and yeah it'll be interesting to see how they go up against each other um and they'll get another chance actually in the final stage of the race but we're not quite there yet we're on stage three tanunda to lindock is it is it tanunda is that correct yeah yeah okay good um <laughs> uh, 92.4 kilometers um yeah it looks a bit lumpy but not too challenging um the Lin, they last year they did the Lindock circuit on an incredibly hot day. It was over forty degrees, and I was melting in the shade. Uh, but, <laughs> I think um, also last year they did four laps of um, the climb. So this year it starts off with um, a small lap, and then you go, and we only do two laps of the climb that they did four times last year. So I think, um, yeah, the fact that it's only two times up the Whispering Wall um, might not would maybe suggest that it won't split up as much. Um, it's also not meant to be as hot this year as well. Um, so I think like you might find a select group um, sprinting for the win there, like maybe a group of 10 or so, but um, yeah, it might be a bit harder for a hill climber to get away solo when, um, yeah, like if they don't race it up the first time hard, then it's really only once up the whispering wall. That's really hard. And um, power type athletes and sprinters can normally do a really hard one-off effort up a climb, um, but it's the numerous laps that get them. So um, I think that maybe it actually might um, be a bit more together than last year. But, um, yeah, again, it's all about also how the race is raced and, this year, the peloton that are coming for the Tour Down Under for the women is the strongest yet by far. And um, there's a lot of European teams here and a lot of girls that um, want to race aggressively. So I think that the depth is um, the best depth that Australian cycling is going to have seen. And um, it's going to make for some really aggressive racing, which means that um, it doesn't matter how 
easy the course looks on paper. When the race is aggressive, it's always hard and um, it can also always split up more than what you might think. So, um, yeah, I think that um, the two road race days are definitely going to be quite aggressive and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully show showcases what women's cycling is like now because it has developed so much over the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, like, you know, all of us, I think, want to keep on seeing it grow and, uh, yeah, hopefully it keeps on kind of heading in that direction. So I really hope this four days of the Women's Tour Down Under um, does that and shows what that we are athletes and we race aggressively and our racing is exciting. And even though it might be shorter, it actually – it makes for more like better racing because we race from the start. And so it's good to watch from the very beginning because we don't have 200 K where 100 K is just an early break, getting up the road and the Peloton just chilling and chatting. Like our early break means there's only like less than hundred K to go. So like that early break can be the winning break. Um, so yeah, I think, um, the road races are still going to split up a lot just because of the um, the class and the pedigree of the peloton here. Yeah, it's an interesting point you raised um, that Orico aren't aren't going to be able to dominate it quite as much with those big teams coming over. I mean, I'm looking um, I'm looking through Canyon Tram, for instance. It's got um, Elena Amialusic, the Belarusian, uh, Lisa Brenner, Barbara Grarishi. Uh, Tiffany Cromwell, Hannah Barnes, and Alexis Ryan. I mean, that's, you know, really a world-class field. And so are plenty of the other teams. Um, yourself with LA, you know, top teams. Yourself with LA, um, Wiggle High Five, um, Orica Silence, uh, and, you know, 2020. There were, I mean, there's all these really top-quality teams there. And I don't think there's nearly as much... Um, I'll probably be a bit mean by saying Deadwood, but I'll, I'll say it. there's not quite so much Deadwood at the bottom of the peloton um, here. I mean, last year we saw essentially um, 20 riders who were a hell of a lot better than everyone else in the field. And this year, I don't think we're going to see that at all. It's going to be a lot closer. So I'm really looking forward to it. There's yeah, a lot so... more proteins here this year for sure. And um, it means that there's not as many NRS teams or um state teams and um i think everyone that's lining up really for um the tour down under is almost world class so it's going to definitely make um a really really tough little tour yeah um well we'll jump on to um who's going to win now uh, because as we mentioned there's a lot of really good riders here um i'm just running through a few of the people who i think you know maybe can win. I mean, from Oracle, you've got Garfoot, Spratt, Van Vluten, who could probably win. Um, Canyon Shram have Brenauer. Who knows what sort of form she's in, but obviously an incredibly good rider. Um, uh, Ally have um, Taylor. Who's Taylor? Carly Taylor. There we go. She's <laughs> Uh, Silence, um, Danny King, who was up here, who was up on the podium uh, last. Oh, she wasn't up on the podium. She was very close, but um, not quite. Uh, and, and Rosella Ratto. Uh, Chloe Dygert from 2020, um, Peter Mullins from Huggins Berman, uh, Lucy Kennedy, of course, after her after a really good performance in Nationals, let's go right in there. Uh, Shannon Malseed from Holden, and Emma Pooley is also coming out from Holden. And oh, of course, your your housemate for the moment, your guest yeah. house guest, um, Lauren Kitchen, for Subaru N Swiss there. So, yeah, that's that's 
a fairly comprehensive list, I think. Is there anyone else you'd add in there, Carly? Um, I think also Tiffany Cromwell uh, from um, SRAM Canyon, um, being a local, and she's a she, like yeah, she's a hill climber that can now maybe not a hill climber more. So um, has shown her way in the sprint. So I think um, the tour down under uh, having bonus seconds in the sprints in the uh, crits too is going to mean that the person, unless you win solo on the first day, um, you're also going to be after, you're going to be able to have to sprint a bit. So um, yeah, riders like Tiff and Danny King who can also sprint and get some bonus seconds um, and catch her in as well. I think for Green Edge, um, and the meet would actually probably work for um, one of the Australians because um, it's more, uh, it's pretty big for an Australian to win the tour down under. And I think she will be more focusing in the spring classics. So I think she would actually uh, be happy to help um, one of her Australian teammates and it'll probably be for Katrin or Spratty. Um, but then, yeah, like Lauren Kitchen, uh, she's, she, she got third last year and uh, I'm sure she, wants to do well um, she's kind of only riding for n swiss which makes it a bit harder because she's a bit more isolated but she's a classy bike rider too and smart so she's definitely even though she might not have um her pro team here uh she's definitely one that you can never underestimate and um yeah i think like I'm really hoping also to have a good race, but you kind of, yeah, have to look at, yeah, your your competitors for, for sure. And I think really Green Edge having so many people that are used to the Australian heat too was a big thing because a lot of the teams are just coming down here now um, and maybe some might still be jet lagged for the race and the, the difference in temperature is a big thing. So I know a lot of my teammates have been in snow, so um, they're going to get a welcome surprise. But the weather isn't meant to be in the 40s at least. It's only in the 30s, so I think we're going to be all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that stage to Lindock last year, I, I still have nightmares about that stage. Um, and watching Amanda Spratt in particular, who was in a long attack on that day, um, she she was almost falling off the bike at the end of the stage, unfortunately. Um yeah. So, okay. I'm. Um, let's get down to prediction times now. Um, I'm. I'm not a who's going to win, but like like you, I think that probably somebody who can climb really well and sprint a bit is really the really the sort of rider you should pick. Um, I mean, somebody somebody like yourself is going to have to take time. Um, yeah. And it's it's going to be hard with a number of other riders, you know, who will be keen to chase you down. So. Unfortunately, I'll go away from Carly for my, for my <laughs> and, Don't um, worry, I will too. I'm going to just go for a stage. <laughs> oh, well, I know if you're wearing the leader's jersey after the first stage, I mean, that's a, that's a great performance as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's see. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Kat Garfoot. I've been picking her all this, all this summer and it's just because she looks incredibly fit. been working well for you. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, um, so why, why ruin a winning formula? Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, maybe maybe Lauren Kitchen in there somewhere. Yeah, let's put Lauren put Lauren in there as well, and oh, I'll put you in there for third there, Carly. Oh, thanks. I'm riding out the podium. I've got to be happy with that. <laughs> oh well, I don't know you can you can take a few steps up the podium though. We'll we'll. I'll be cheering. <laughs> 
you out there at least. Um, what, what, who do you who do you reckon is going to go well? Okay, I'm going to say um, I'm, I'm going to go with Katrin as well, just by how strong she was. Um, so I'll, I'll mention three names that I think would be the three key ones: uh, Katrin Garfoot, I think Danny King, and uh, Tiff Cromwell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and Carly Taylor. And, Carly yeah. Taylor, definitely up there. <laughs> but just let her go, guys. If she goes, just let her go. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, well, it's certainly going to be an enjoyable race, um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and and if you're, if you're looking to follow it, unfortunately, there's no real live coverage from what I can see. Um, there'll be highlights, I think, uh, from some of the days. Yeah, I was told that um, the after the men's highlight package every night on Channel 9, I think it was, um, that there's going to be a 30-minute highlight package for the women. So um, that's what I've been told. And, yeah, hopefully that, that is the case because, yeah, then you guys and everyone can see kind of what's happened and what panned out for the day. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, better than, than that. Um... But um, you know, still, Better still not nothing. Much, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if you want to follow it live, though, um, I'll be on site and I'll be doing some tweeting updates, and um, at the very least, um, I'll be retweeting people who are out there on course. I don't know I might, I might jump into Team Car, see, see if I can get a bit closer to the live action, and and yeah, and apart from that, there'll be uh, reports going up on Cycling Central Daily and probably Ella as well from um, The Sound of Things. I'm, I think they're sending down a reporter, so keep in touch via that. Um, you can follow the Breakdown Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, just search Breakdown Podcast. Um, and you can follow Carly Taylor and her many social media <laughs> thoughts at the moment. She, she's been a monster on social recently. Um, Carly, how, how can we follow you? Um, yeah, my Twitter is Carly Taylor one. Um, and I think that's also the same one, Instagram and Facebook. I'm just Carly Taylor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of, I think my life um, can be some entertaining and I say some pretty dumb slash funny things um, at points. So I just try to share it with people. So I'm not the only one laughing at myself. So <laughs> that's why I've been so active, I think. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, who's going to be your um, training buddy this year? Cause what was it? La um, year before last, it was Lauren Rowney. Then you had Molly Weaver be your best bud this year. Oh, uh, well, I'm still living with Lauren Rowney. Um, so maybe I'll just have to take her to my normal hill that I normally always go to. Um, but yeah, there's uh, Lauren Kitchens moving to Girona and there's some really um, strong hill climbers also with Cassie and Ibadoma also going there. So maybe I might have to kind of check out the competition and ride with them a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Lauren Rowney is always going to have to take one for the team and listen to me waffling on for a couple of hours. Uh, but luckily we both love talking crap. So um, yeah, it makes bike riding go quit pretty fast. And that should just about do it from us today. Um, thanks for joining us, Carly. You're very welcome to be back at any time that you wish. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, we'll catch you around some other time. See ya. Thank you. Bye.